Hey everybody, this is Dan Whitney, aka Larry the Cable Guy. I also go by Mater when I do voiceovers. I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, this is how good I am at voiceovers. I actually put on weight to do voiceovers. Is that right? That's unbelievable. That's getting into character right there. <laughs> We're discussing Genesis 46. Our guest again, as always, Mr. Nat Crawford. Oh, yes. And um, anytime you hear Nat in the room, that means that we haven't got any other guests. <laughs> <laughs> that, meant, that meant Foxworthy was busy and Jim Brewer's on the road. So we got Nat. No, we love Nat. Uh-huh. So Thanks, happy to have Nat with us. Uh, we're going to talk about perseverance. We're going to talk about doubt. If you watch reality TV, you know it's anything but real. Um, uh, so what is reality? Nobody knows anymore. Honestly, what? nobody knows. Uh, is it what you can see, hear, taste, smell? Is there something deeper? And what does that have to do with the nation God would make from a family of misfits? We've always been misfits. There's misfits all over. Uh, so that's what we're doing. We're talking truth about these things in today's episode with my good buddy, Brian Clark. And so he's going to uh, read us the uh, Genesis 46, and then we're going to comment on it, right, Nat? Let's do it. Let's have some Let's fun. Let's do go. It. Come on. Let's get it up. Wow. Yeah, it's a big deal. That's hard to follow right there. All right. Here we go. The airwaves today are full of what is called reality TV. I'm not so sure about that reality, but it does raise the question, what is reality? There is reality in what I can see and touch and taste and smell. Yes, that's real. But is that all that's real? The Bible talks about a greater reality that we must see through eyes of faith. It's a greater reality because in the end, It's the reality that lasts forever. But which reality do you think is greater? I mean, day to day, what matters most to you? Honestly, what are you really living for? How you answer those questions reveals what you think is the greater reality. In this episode, the storyline shifts from Joseph back to Jacob again. He is in the final years of his life. Jacob has lived a life of fear and failure. He has consistently struggled to trust God. He has had moments of great faith, but those have been few and far between. He seemed like a decent kid, but prone to deceit and scheming. He finagles the birthright away from his brother Esau. Then he and his mom deceive his father into blessing him rather than his brother. This makes his brother so angry, he vows to kill Jacob. So Jacob flees for his life. He ends up with Uncle Laban, who is even more deceptive than he is. Laban tricks Jacob into marrying Leah, even though he loves Rachel. He ends up marrying both Leah and Rachel, as well as two concubines. Between the four wives, they have 12 sons and one daughter, and his family life is full of competition and conflict. Jacob and family finally move away from Laban and should have settled down near Esau. But once again, Jacob's fear rules his life, and they settle up north around Shechem. His daughter Dinah is attacked and raped in Shechem, but Jacob does little about it, so his sons commit mass murder to get even. By now, his sons are evil men. 
They know Joseph is their father's favorite son, so they kidnap him and sell him as a slave. Then they take his fancy coat and cover it with blood, leaving their father to believe Joseph has been killed by a wild animal. Now, finally, Jacob has learned that Joseph is alive and the second most powerful man in the world. After all this, God has Jacob right where he wants him to perfectly fulfill what was promised. I mean, that's crazy, really. En route now to Egypt, Jacob stops at Beersheba to ask God what he should do. Beersheba is full of reminders that God has been faithfully at work in the story all along. Beersheba is where Abraham and Sarah settled down to raise Isaac. It was in Beersheba that God called Abraham to sacrifice his one and only son, Isaac. When Isaac and Rebekah were fleeing Canaan, because of a famine, Isaac lied to Abimelech about Rebekah being his sister. When Abimelech rebuked Isaac for getting him in trouble with God, Isaac and Rebekah fled from Abimelech and settled in, yeah, you guessed it, Beersheba. Jacob and Esau would be born and raised in Beersheba. It was there Jacob stole the birthright and deceived his father. He fled from Beersheba in the night for fear his brother would kill him. So now, after all these years, he's back at Beersheba again. God speaks to Jacob at Beersheba. He tells him it's okay to go to Egypt, that there they will become a great nation, just as God had promised Abraham. This chapter lists the names of those who will become a great nation, 70 names in all. So we see Jacob and his four wives. I mean, what a nightmare that was. Then we see Reuben, the oldest, and we are reminded that he had sexual relations with his stepmother. Then we see Judah, and we remember in chapter 38, where he has sex with a prostitute that turns out to be his daughter-in-law, who is pregnant with his child. We see the sons who committed mass murder in Shechem, and then they sold their brother Joseph into slavery. That's the great nation God promised Abraham? Yep. 400 years later, those 70 people would grow into a nation of 2 million. After God spoke to Jacob at Beersheba, he would not speak again until he spoke to Moses out of a burning bush to deliver his people 400 years later. When God made his promise to Abraham in Genesis 15, it included the details that Abraham's family would grow into a nation and be enslaved for 400 years in a foreign nation before God would raise up a deliverer to take them back to their land. With all the craziness of Jacob's story, they end up right where God promised they would be. God is sovereign, and his reality is ultimately the reality that prevails. So now you tell me, what do you think we should be living for? I mean, whose reality ultimately wins? Let's bring in Dan and Nat. Let's talk about this. How is it possible, after all that's transpired, which is so crazy, Jacob and his family ended up exactly where God wanted them? Hmm. 
well, God has the blueprints. God is sovereign, and His will is going to be done. Um, I mean, that—that's the thing. His will will be accomplished one way or another, and we as human beings are flawed individuals. And um, where it says here, he consistently, consistently struggled to trust God. He had moments of good faith. They were few and far between. That explains a lot of Christians today. And eventually, though, you you're, stay faithful, get your heart right. You're going to end up right where God wants you. You know, you're going to your the blueprint's going to end up for you. Um, but but yeah, that's I mean, that's uh, I I have to say this though. I do think that when you talk about Beersheba, I ought. You would have to suggest in listening about the town of Beersheba, I'm pretty sure they got a Walmart and a package store somewhere <laughs> in the town. Wow, I didn't know that. And a pool, <laughs> just from hearing about Beersheba. Um, yeah, you, this is why I like uh, reading the Old Testament. I mean, we're we're all such flawed individuals, and these are such examples that that people are just the same now as they were back then hmm. we're all flawed and we all make a ton of mistakes and we screw it up for ourselves but in the end if you stay faithful keep your eye on jesus um eventually his plan will be right where his plan is going to be yeah it's it would be interesting to like diagram this on a map and all the places and the decisions and the choices, all the places they could have got killed, they could have killed somebody. Right. All the things that could have happened. And yet it ends up exactly the way God said it would happen when he promised Abraham. And if yeah. they would just be faithful and do what he said, yeah, it could have been a lot it'd be in a straight line <laughs> yeah. instead of up this way yes. and back that way, two steps over this way. Yes. Absolutely. But I think this is a good reminder for us all, no matter what season of life we're in, no matter what decisions we've made, with this story, as we've been working our way through it bit by bit and piece by piece, we, we really do see God's faithfulness, regardless of the character's faithfulness. I think that brings up a lot of hope for us today, because I know, thinking about my own life, how many opportunities I had to trust God, and I didn't. And yet, here I am today, God has been continuing to work together his plan. And so even when I'm unfaithful, God remains faithful. But to your point, though, think about how much easier life may have been for me or for them if we would have just simply followed the script, the blueprint. But even when we don't, how good is God to continue to work these things out? This is a great reminder for us today. Yeah, God's faithfulness is amazing in these stories. Hmm. Well, that's, that's what gives you such good hope when you read the Bible. You're reading about actual people that had actual problems. I mean, sometimes even way worse than you, you hmm. know. I mean, when you read the part about, you know, um, uh, had sex with a prostitute, turned out to be his daughter-in-law and was pregnant with a child. I mean, it's like, whoa, you know. Now, I'm looking at that like going, thank God. I'm not that bad, but now my buddy Delford, he'll read it and go, uh-oh. Uh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, it's uh, it just hmm. lets you know that there's that that the heroes of the Bible were very flawed, but it lets us know that 
there's not going to be consequences to decisions that you've made. Um, there's always going to be consequences. You you can turn your life around, and you can uh, keep your eyes fixated on Jesus. Turn your life around, but don't think that you know there's not going to be consequences for what you did. A lot of people preach that. Oh yeah, you know all that feel good preaching that people do. Oh yeah, just trust in God, and mm. all the great things can come your way. And that that's not true. There's consequences for acting like a fool. There's consequences for not trusting God. There's consequences for not believing him, for doing the opposite of what he says. There's consequences. Absolutely. But the good news is he's not leaving you. You can always come back to him. You can always buckle down and read your Bible and start getting sanctified again. Well, and you get to see actually two different um, two different ways that God is working together these these events. For his purpose, you've got Jacob, who clearly couldn't do it right, and yet God is working out the details to this final point. And then you got Joseph, who did things right, and he was probably many times going, what did I miss? Mm-hmm. Like, I've followed the rules. I've done the good job. And yet here I am continually getting setback after setback. And yet we know, even when life wasn't making sense for Joseph, we still see God orchestrating behind the scenes to make sure that his purpose is accomplished. What a great story, because we've been on both sides of that, right? Where we make mistakes and we're going, God, I don't know if there's a way you can work this out, but but I need your help. And God moves. On the other side, I've been in the place where I'm like, I've done the right things. And yet here I am again going, God, where are you? But then you fast forward and you go, okay, that was part of my development. It was part of building my faith. And yet he is still faithful to us. Amazing. Absolutely. And and the reality is that we were all born with a hole in our heart to find Jesus. That's the reality. And the other reality is Jesus is our Savior. He came down here. He died on a cross for our sins. He rose again. That's the gospel. That's the reality of it. That's why we're here. That's the reality of it. So when you're looking for reality, um, you got to look to God. Yeah, you got to look to God. He is the reality. He's the truth. In a world now where you don't know what's true, you got artificial intelligence, you got fake videos, nothing is true. Nothing. You think this is true? Guess what? It's not true. Nothing mm-hmm. is true. You know what is true? Genesis 1 through 11. That's true. You know what's true? The Bible. The Bible is true. Jesus is the truth. If you want truth and you want reality, that's where you go for it. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing, that there's clearly never been a time, at least in my lifetime, where people seem so determined to deny reality. Hmm. Uh, We're willing to believe anything, and yet I, I would guess of people that are listening, the great frustration is trying to figure out what what is true. Right. Be, because how do you figure that out? And I think that's why we that's why we call the podcast Talking Truth is we're taking people back into the Bible and ultimately God's truth is reality and mm-hmm. God wins. And if that's true, then that should define how we live our lives. Well, absolutely. Like we said before, Genesis 1 through 11, you believe that, you got two different paths of life. You either believe that or you don't. If you believe that, you got one goalpost. 
You know what you're shooting for. You know what you're kicking through. Never changes, stays the same. It's the truth. The other way, you're your own God, you're your own morality, you're on your own everything. So the goalpost is changing all the time. You don't have one certain goalpost. It's constantly changing. And, uh, you know, it, you're never going to achieve what you want to achieve because you're constantly changing the goalpost on it, making up your own rules. Uh, so that's that's why the Old Testament is so important. And that's why uh, uh, focusing your eyes on Christ is important because he is the truth. He is the target. Hey, hey, Brian here. I just want you to know a little bit about our sponsor, GoTandem. You may be familiar with workout apps. Well, GoTandem is a spiritual fitness app that's designed to meet you where you're at spiritually and nourish and strengthen you with God's Word. It's a great way to add a spiritual fitness routine to your life. So download GoTandem today. It's free. Give it a try. That's Go Tandem, T-A-N-D-E-M. And now it's time for me to go. So have a great day, and I hope you'll join us again here on the next episode. Get it done.